This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, the first two games of the season are out of the way. Obviously, our, our league debut and our cup debut. Um, interesting performances of both. And I'm delighted to be joined by Joe. Ta- 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 oh, Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, it's been a, yeah, it's been just straight back into it. Saturday, Tuesday, another Saturday, then Tuesday again. Um, and yeah, it, it was weird. The Wrexham, you know, I mean, Obviously, we'll come to talk about it, but just driving up, it was so weird. It didn't, the weather was absolutely shocking. <laughs> it like, genuinely felt like it was middle of November or something. And it didn't stop raining for about a good four or five hours after we left. Um, but yeah, on the way home, the, the, there was a bit of sun coming out. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, the stars did did really did align, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. A, a cracking open data season, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get on to very, very shortly. Um, but a few things first, we get onto that. Um, first off, an opportunity um, for those interested to potentially work for a manager um, on a Don's perspective. So I know for a number of years, football manager have used um, voluntary sort of scouts and player assessors to give ratings to the Don's squad um, ahead of their new games. And you have to be honest, by the way, you can't be aligned to them or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really interesting role. Um, it involves a lot of like, Obviously, you have to watch Don's a lot. I have to go to a lot of Don's games, for example, and have a good understanding of how the football club works and also the youth teams. Um, but yeah, no, you basically submit live data and player assessments to a team of football manager who implements those real life into the actual game. Um, a good friend of mine, Al, has been doing it for a number of years. And um, yeah, essentially, he's trying to pass the bat on to someone else. So if you are interested, uh, please contact uh, either on t- both of these on Twitter, by the way, um, at a uh, at underscore AJM Williams or uh, Dean Gripton. Or, of course, you can email ourselves at the MK1 podcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, if you're interested, please let us know. Um, it is voluntary, bear in mind, but there is some there is some undisclosed benefits to the role, which um, I'm sure Dean or Al can let you know all about those um, if you are interested. So, Joe, before we even got into the football, um, obviously there was the EFL announced various rule changes into the league this year. Um, I'll let you take it away as to what, explaining what those rules are and your thoughts on it overall. I mean, essentially, there's uh, the rules are 
Um, mainly to do around two things, which is descent, time wasting, etc. They're just being zero tolerance, clamping down on it. Um, and then the other one was to do with added time. And I guess they kind of feed into each other. And they introduced um, a multiple system to help with the added time as well, I think. But I have to say, the bloody hell, that Wrexham game, you know, I, I, you'd look down and you'd miss something because it was so, so fast-paced. Um, and it was, you know, and, and there was a significant added time as well. We weren't actually one of the higher ones. I think the highest may have been Stevenage, Northampton. Um, there was 22 minutes added on in total. Yes, uh, yes. But in that game, there were 73 throw-ins given. And if you were to tell me, if you were to tell me to look at the fixture list and tell me one game that I would least like to go to in the EFL, I think it would be that game. Um, <laughs> I can't, can only imagine the time. I mean, the ball might have been in play for a certain amount of time, but the, how much how much of the time do you reckon the ball was actually on the grass? Because um, not much at all, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, th- I found that the descent and time wasting sort of uh, measures, I think six goalkeepers in the EFL got booked. Um, one of our, our goalkeeper Mac Gillivray being one of them um, also there was descent and kicking the ball away which um, was dealt with really swiftly especially by the referee I thought the referee we had in the Wrexham game was absolutely fantastic yeah. um, and, um, and then added time as well and so you know doing a real reflection so I mean it, it, when you're holding on to a lead it's probably not the best but if you're you know trying to go through it go for it it, it um then it then it is reflected and uh and um you know it, it's a bit more fair i think as well because i think we can let's face it the last few years gamesmanship people hacking people down on the halfway line just and taking the yellow people um taking ages over throw-ins people arguing surrounding the referees it's just all getting a bit too much i think there's not re- really much respect for referees and i think at the end of the day, if if there's three players that are crowding a referee, yellow card straight away. I actually saw a couple of Wickham players yesterday, um, and one of them was like, you know, got got a decision given against him. He went to shout at the ref, and then straight away put his hands up and apologised and walked away. And and then and the free kick was then taken like a, you know ten seconds later. So I mean, I think it it makes for a better product and also a fairer product, Liam. So all in all, I. I don't really have any issues. And I think as well, the added time will go down and get, you know, when people realise not, you know, if they're going to dick about that, the time's going to be added on. I think people will then um, get wise to it and we will see the added time starting to come down. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, I think we saw the best and the worst for these, these sort of past couple of games for Don to the start of the season. I thought, as you mentioned, the Wrexham referee was very, very good and let the game flow. Admittedly, Wrexham games are typically quite high scoring and quite entertaining and this Don scene looks to be exactly the same in terms of attacking output so yeah I think I think that alongside the referee actually not being a knobhead um, made the game quite entertaining whereas the Wickham referee um, the less I him the better I think I was not too pleased with him um, and I think the game was very boring to watch uh, and it's bad enough watching Wickham let alone the referee this yeah, just stopping the game every two seconds. And... It's very, very stop starty, wasn't it? And yeah, he didn't and... do much to speed the game along. Yeah, I, I get that this is meant to give them a bit more authority, a bit more power. Um, but I think again, a bit like the the added time situation, he's going to have to learn to not take that much power into into his own hands in many senses and literally make the game all about himself rather than the actual football match on the pitch. 
Um, but yeah, no, overall, I think it's positive. I think there's definitely, I know, I know um, Raphael Varane of Man United came out and mentioned about the whole wellness of the players and obviously all the additional minutes. But as you mentioned, like, I think that will get like um, sort of cut down a little bit over the coming weeks and months and it will work out eventually. Um, I, I do, I do see the player side of things for sure, and you know it can increase injuries. It's gonna, I think, sports science is gonna be interesting the next sort of three to six months. That's how that goes down. But I think overall, it is, it is positive, and of course, fans getting more football. But yeah, I can understand from the player side of things why it's not ideal. But as you mentioned, there are some benefits, um, to the player side of things in terms of you know having a bit more respect for the officials, and uh, hopefully, the officials can actually pay themselves as well. Yeah, I mean, and but it works both ways, right? So if we're chasing a game, we're gonna if we're chasing a game and keepers, you know, being a bit slow to tie his shoelaces up. I mean, create uh, Maka Gillivere. He, he didn't even really do too much, but you could tell he was taking the time on goal kicks and that. Yeah. And it was the, the first time he did it, he got booked, and that allowed the game to flow. And okay, we came under the cosh a little bit, but it, you know, it's, it's we we appreciate it if it was the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's two-way street, and I'm sure we've experienced both sides of those street plenty of times this season. So it's a long old year. Um, and fortunately for Dons, it started pretty positively. Um, obviously, we're all going to Wrexham with a an interesting perspective on the game. I think if I mean myself and Joe chatted about it on the last episode, the fact that you know if, if we could get anything from the game, we'd be, we'd be pretty pleased. Obviously, everyone had high expectations of Wrexham going into the season. I think a lot of people still do, um, despite this result on on Saturday. And you know, I think our expectations, as as well as the whole fan base, really was was fairly fairly moderate slash low, um, purely because of the the person that we had in the team. But we did mention that you know the starting eleven actually for the Dons team is quite a strong one. It's just that depth overall. And you know, I think I think when you go to Wrexham and win five three, in particular, the start that Dons did have, obviously with. The own goal from O'Connell, um, the fantastic individual effort from Mo Issa going through six players to score a goal. Um, obviously, Lecco getting his two goals, the fourth goal build-up of that was absolutely incredible. And of course, the finish for Lecco's first was one of the goals of the weekend and was, should have been voted in at least the top four for me um, by several media outlets. Um, and of course, Dan Harvey getting a goal on his weak foot as well, which uh, like we've seen more than we often than we don't we think we have, um, but still a good finish. Um, obviously exceeded three, and we'll get to that later on. But some of your three word reviews on the game. Um, the guest that we had on for the previous episode, Rob Ryan Red, said the best team won uh, on the day, and I think I agree with that for sure. Uh, Steve Baker said, Wow, Hollywood baby. Um, and it certainly was Hollywood football with eight goals going in. Uh, Jonathan Harry said the midfield three, um, and wow. And I know Josh on Instagram also mentioned about the midfield. That's four words. Uh, midfield three, wow, is it? Okay, all right. Sorry, I thought you said yeah. the midfield three. Oh, apologies. Right, okay. No, it's definitely three. Yeah, no, I'll let you off, Jonathan. It's eligible. It's eligible. Um, and yeah, I know Josh on Instagram also mentioned about that midfield trio. Um, and we'll chat about those later on. And uh, yeah, another Wrexham, um, a Wrexham sort of account. We had a lot of those after the game. Trust me. Um, uh, mentioned about better than expected from from Don's perspective. And I think I think those are the three words, Joe. That I think all of us took from that stadium leaving on Saturday. That. It was a much better result than we expected and um, a massive three points. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the main reasons for why, uh, for me, is my three-word review, and that is the engine room. My word. Um, where has Ethan Robson been for the last 12 months? Because 
Yeah, he's probably still doing laps of the race course as we speak. <laughs> um, Ethan, he was just absolutely electric. Um, and I think him, Williams and Gilby set the tone. Um, not to take anything away from Lecco and Isa as well, who also you know started the press from the front. But we did not let them settle. We were in their faces. We were making it tough. We were making it um, hard for them. We were making, we were rushing them. And I think, you know, if you look back to the past year, you know, no doubt, and they were absolutely fantastic, record-breaking in the National League. But I doubt many teams actually put it on them. And, I bet, uh, you know, a lot of teams would have just sort of said, right, let's just try and keep it down to one or two. Let's just look after our goal difference and move on, take the loss and move on. But we were really proactive. We went for them. And, um, and I mean, Ethan Robson, he was the one that curled in a beautiful ball for that first goal. A beautiful header as well from the Wrexham defender, I must say. Bottom <laughs> corner, absolute peach. Um, but, yeah, I think it, that set the tone. And the, we were first to every ball, um, every like loose ball. Um, I mean, I guess coming away from it, the only there's, there's a couple of slight concerns as such, but we, we'll come on to them, I guess, in a little bit. But the first thoughts are just, uh, the attitude amazed me. And I was... I couldn't have been more pleased with the attitude. And um, I think Alexander got that absolutely spot on. So um, kudos to him as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I think, funnily enough, I was saying to people um, at Wickham last night and after the game on the train back and the fact that I felt like without Bernard Trumpet too much, we said a lot of the points that were actually key in this game overall. Um, And we spoke about yeah, we had a little debate about Smith starting and I think him starting was a really good thing and I think he had to start in this type of game for me. Obviously, Ethan Robson we spoke about as well, how we thought we thought he'd be a key performer as well as some other points. But yeah, I mean, overall, I thought the the clinicality of the team was, was an absolute joke. I mean, obviously, having eight shots on the day, um, he was six on target and then obviously five goals with that, but obviously four scored by the Don's team. With O'Connell getting the uh, the first and of course the fifth goal on the day, uh, with that own goal, but yeah, really really impressed with the team overall. I think they actually play like a unit for once, which we haven't really seen in a long long time. Um, I think again, like we didn't have the didn't have a complete standout game, but I think the the presence that, and the physicality that Norman brings on that right hand side of that defense just helps out so many positions. Um, don't get me wrong, I think there's still some gelling to do, but. The likes of Robson, the likes of O'Hora, um, and even Lecco in some respects, you know, they have that. They have that anchor in the fact that Norman is there for them, and um, if not, Robson can cover them. And mentioned about Robson being all over the place, but there's also Gilby as well, and MJ Williams, who is an absolute battering ram in that midfield. And Wrexham just didn't really deal with it very well. Um, of course, they got their goals, um, but obviously they're actually led throughout the whole game. Which I think going to that, they're going to the Racecourse Stadium. There won't be many teams this season that can say that you know, from minute one to minute 100 plus, whatever it'll be, that they don't, Wrexham don't take a lead at all. Um, just ask Wigan um, last night, obviously, who, who Wrexham beat in the Cup. So, yeah, it's absolutely massive three points. Um, I think it's hopefully a three points that we reflect on that of April and May, to which, you know, it's it's one that got us into either the playoffs or even further than that, because, um, yeah, it's definitely a performance that warranted it. Joe, in terms of the, obviously, you know, you made notes about the finishing. Obviously, Lecco and Ice are getting getting three of the the five goals. Um, Lecco, well, that partnership is started off a lot of good start, hasn't it? Really? 
Yeah, and it, it was again really suited them, I think, as well. One thing we've maybe seen in recent years is, is um, you know, Russell Martin teams or uh, Liam Manning teams or Mark Jackson teams where we've got a lot of the ball, we're parked in the team's half. And a lot of the time, Lecker and Ison, they're receiving the ball and, you know, they're receiving it with their back to goal. And so they're having to try and turn and it's just, you know, now we've seen what happens when you play the ball in front of them and they're running onto the ball. And I think that the head of defence was absolutely bloody terrified every time <laughs> we turned over the ball. And, you know, I know that we didn't have as many shots as Wrexham or as many, you know, the XG wasn't maybe as good. But actually, on the balance of play, the amount of times we broke free or we got into good positions, it was really, really promising. Now, I guess the question for me, Liam, comes when a team is not as attacking as Wrexham and a team maybe, especially maybe in home games, um, will we maybe struggle to break down a team if they continue to sit back? Or do you think maybe we altered the tough style of play at that point? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think... And the majority of, I think, League Two teams that will play this season and maybe uh, the team who played uh, last night in Wickham, uh, are you right? Aren't, aren't going to be as attacking as Wrexham are going to be? And, you know, in many ways, we, we spoke about, is it the perfect time to play Wrexham? Not only because of their pre-season um, stuff that had to happen, but also because, yeah, like, I mean, despite all the big talk about their defence in, in our preview of the game, um, as I said, they do like to score goals and there's a reason why they got so many points and so many goals in, in the National League despite their, their quality of player. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting approach. I think I think it really is going to depend on that that third midfielder, that that advanced number eight um, to really close the gap in between Lecco and Iser and the, the likes of maybe Gilby and Williams. Can Ethan Robson do that? Potentially. Um, we, we know that a player like Conor Grant or a more nippier player um, like Maybe Ash Hunter be able to like yeah, actually could do that for us. So there'll be slight tweaks. I think it is still that three five two though, or maybe a three three four one two potentially, where one of the midfielders just becomes a bit more of a ten and as as mentioned, sort of closes that gap, gives us a bit more of a spine and allows Gilbin Williams to hopefully mop up any any mistakes like that and and go from there really. I mean, that's quite a nice segue, actually, because you mentioned about systems and for the Wickham game on Tuesday, we did change slightly, didn't we? So we went for a, a sort of a 3-4-3. Three, three. So it was more of a, you know, Hunter, as you mentioned, but he was a bit more out wide and then Lecco was out wide again. And I think with Wickham, we saw some good, really good signs again. But then we also saw some of the maybe not so good stuff, which we did see in the Wrexham game as well in terms of maybe dealing with crosses. Um, I mean, by and large, we did deal with crosses very well at Wrexham, but I think two of their goals were, came from crosses and just maybe not clearing our lines as well, well as we should have. Um, both Wickham goals came from crosses. But I thought for the large part, Liam, we were comfortably in that game. We, I think first half, we had the better of it. And we only really um, sort of... And this comes down to another one of our points. We only really sort of struggled in the Wickham game, maybe six, after 60 minutes or so, when we, I think we had to make a double change at that point. We changed shape uh, to a 4-3-3. And you could just tell that the players were just maybe just lacking a little bit there, but we didn't really have anything on the bench to bring on, did we? So I know that I've mentioned a few things there, but yeah, plenty to uh, mull over from both of those games uh, in, in short succession. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, as, as you mentioned, I think, I think the first half we more than competed. We're definitely a better team for me. Um, you know, even even stats wise, you know, if you look at the first half, you know, we had just one more possession, but we had twice the amount of shots. Um, three shots targets there, zero. Um, more corners, more more everything, pretty much. We we don't think we dominated the game, but we had a a good grasp on the game to which you think you know, okay, if we actually have a good start to the second half, we potentially go on to win this game and. As you mentioned, um, the changes had to happen, and I think we really saw the massive difference. To which, obviously, you mentioned a change of system, but also when Wickham brought on, I think they triple substitution um, in like sixty sixth minute. We saw a real change of the game there, and the real the real depth that Wickham have compared to us. And you know, literally within seven minutes, those changes happening. Of course, the first goal goes in, and then nine minutes after that, the second goal goes in, and it's game over. So. Yeah, um, and obviously also the fact of that whilst there's been a real focus on fitness this season, uh, this this preseason, we definitely saw that against Wrexham for sure. Um, you know, side against Wickham, who not only have the vision above us, they also have players who um are a bit more used to their systems, a bit more used to potentially a preseason like that under under Ainsworth and now Bloomfield. So, yeah, I suppose the main concern for me is that. I don't didn't really care about the result. Listen, Wickham are a level above us for a reason. I think they physically and quality wise just outmatched us particularly towards the end of that game. But I think the main thing is I think and it was mentioned in the uh, the presser after the game actually with Alexander and the fact that okay, cool, we've won won the opening game in the league, fantastic. But you know, we've now conceded we haven't got kept clean sheet all preseason. We conceded five in the first two league uh so the first two uh domestic games of the season. Um, and again, another thing that popped up for me, Joe, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that, you know, we we had a bit of a historical issue of conceding one goal, heads dropped, conceded another, and the game's over. So whilst it's not going to take, not, not going to be days, it'll be weeks and months to solve this, but how does Alexander, again, solve that issue? Uh, quickly, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like by and large, as I said, I, th- I think defensively we were pretty much, you know, we we didn't concede loads and loads of chances, but I think, yeah, like you said, it was just when one went in, it was, I think it's a, a mentality thing as much as anything. And Alexander even said about, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the time, you know, in, in terms of defending, he said sometimes, he said these are good defenders, but sometimes you've got to, want to defend if that makes sense you know you've got to relish I look at some teams and you see you know they make a slide tackle and they're the, the players are going around each other slapping each other on the back celebrating as if it's a goal you know headbutting each other you know lads you know all that sort of thing and I think that sort of mentality that sort of um you know I'm not saying our players need to headbutt each other and get charged up like rugby lads but you know just that sort of you know, celebrating the good defensive, relishing the challenge, you know. And I think I think that will come. I think, you know, I think the attitude is just a big thing in terms of how we're going to defend because I think we we do have good defenders. Um, maybe that's something we come on to into maybe maybe that's one one area we maybe want just an extra body in, especially if we're excuse me, going to be playing this three at the back system. Um but I think um you know a keeper I'm not really can concerned about the thing there was a small error well, some but... people are yeah well, I'm sorry but did they say the triple did they see the what was it the double save he made before that I, I'm sure they did I'm sure they did that led to the corner or something you know I think you know or around that time anyway but 
I mean, I mean, th- th- actually, I know you can't take this as gospel, but on FoxMob, they do, you know, the player ratings and stuff. And I think the player with the man of the match was actually Wickham goalkeeper. I, I, I may be wrong. Yeah, no, he, he sure. made some great you saves know, in the first half. Absolutely. We, we really did work the goalkeeper. And I think, you know, you get a goal early on, all of a sudden the game opens up and, you know, we saw at Wrexham actually two or three of our goals in the second half. Uh, well, uh, I, I think, yeah, pretty much all of our goals late on were counter-attacks. And Phoenix Schultz had a good chance late on as well. Yeah. So I think it just goes to show that teams will come out, you know, and that and th- this style of play will, if you get that early goal, I think it's very rare you don't go on to score one or two. And, uh, you know, we might concede one or two because we, we want to add the first and the second goal. We want to add the third goal. And Alexander said as much. He said, I want to be an attacking team. Now, being an attacking team doesn't necessarily just mean you, you know, we have to play pretty triangles and stuff. And at time, and I think actually that was quite funny because one time we did try and play out from a, a long ball. Uh, we, Warren O'Hara, he, he passed it across the, the defence and he nearly gave away a goal, didn't he? So, um, God, what's all this tippy-tappy bollocks? You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> not the MK forward, way. But, but I think actually yesterday we did mix it up really well. And there was the fourth goal away to Wrexham. There was um, it was it was actually a really good move. It, it was, was a yeah, counter-attacking goal, it, but it wasn't like hoof ball, you know. And I think when you've got players like Lecker and Isa, and there's tons of space in front of them, why wouldn't you play channel balls? And and you know, if we do get this target forward, uh, this, this centre forward who can play, you know, and we can play a bit more direct, you know, what a fantastic situation to be well, what couple of fantastic players in Isa and Lecco you have to play just off of this big striker uh, as we've mentioned before so I th- certainly think we think we've got some more, more things going for us and I think the mood is a lot more positive um, you know what 72 hours later than it was maybe on the morning of Saturday the uh, the 5th of August or the 4th of August yeah, the whatever 5th, it was yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I think certainly think we're in a much better place than a lot of us predicted and thought we'd be but you know we're not quite there yet but plenty of good signs I think absolutely mate yeah I think the race performance is really really good um and yeah I think I think the think the defensive issues will have to be sorted out of course they will um and yeah like I think it's rare that you'll you'll get away from a 2-0 loss to Wickham at home on a well on what, what I was originally a miserable night at Milton Keynes but actually ended up being quite nice in the end um and then see positive reviews from pretty much all the media outlets, including ourselves, that are coming from that game. Um, and yeah, we really, we really should have scored in the first half, and then it's a completely different game, really, isn't it? So it wasn't for the Wickham keeper. So yeah, positive performance. Um, Wickham are, despite their opening day performance, a, a pretty good team, and I think they'll be um, in and around the sort of top half of League One once again. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that we can build off that for sure heading into the future league games which we've got quite a lot of for the rest of the month um, and moving forward so obviously Joe two games in um, we mentioned last episode about how or what we thought our transfer thoughts would be um, based on the players that we do have obviously Ash Hunter has come in since then so we do have a new recruit in there but I wanted to gather and some people have mentioned about asking us our thoughts on you know a what transfers do we want still? And someone like Paolo also mentioned, do we feel the squad that played on Saturday can gain us that promotion that we desperately need, really? 
I don't think the squad is is is, is there. Again, you know, we've got 11, 12 players that were really, are good. You know, I think um, I think Hunter came in and was pretty good. You can tell he's not quite there yet, but yeah. there was some makings of some, there was some good moments. I think once you give him three or four more games, maybe we get a bit more rounded performance. I think um, Brooke, Brooklyn Alunga came in and done reasonably well. Um, he had a couple of moments defensively, but I think going forward, definitely he was, he was a, quite a good bright, bright spark. Um, but then you had, you know, Dan Harvey playing slightly out of position, but he plays Dan Harvey there rather than Lewington because, well, Lewington's injured. So I think maybe if we're going to play player three at the back, I think another centre-back is necessary. Um, maybe not maybe not necessarily a start in centre-back, but definitely, you know, maybe another in the Tommy Smith sort of ilk definitely wouldn't hurt. Or maybe even someone to challenge Tucker and Was because, you know, they're not they're far from perfect. Yeah. Um, I think it reaffirms that the attacking options for me is the main one because, you know, we've got Dean, Dennis, Devoy and Burns and didn't see a single one of them. And I think that, you know, we've had, what, three managers since the start of last season. And, you know, it's, you know, all the fans keep keep calling for, oh, why isn't Dean playing? Why isn't Dennis playing? Why isn't Devoy playing? Why isn't Burns playing? When three professional football managers who work with them multiple hours a day don't think that, you know, less people that you can start week in, week out, then I think, you know, that therein lies the answer. They're good talents. We've seen them have good moments, but my word, haven't we seen them, you know, be bang average or passengers in games, unfortunately, to say. And they're young players, so I don't blame them at all. They're, you know, they are good talents, but I think if we're going to be, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, have a season where we're blooding the youngsters and, you know, this is season is about results, essentially. And I think we, you've seen it in the transfer business, signing mid-20s, you know, early 30s sorts of players. We're wanting those players in the prime of their career to come in and start and raise the level straight away. And I think it's very telling that the only players that Graham Alexander turned to was um, Ethan Robson and Nathan Holland, both senior. You know, Holland in his mid-20s and Ethan Robson, one of the starters from Saturday. So he, he's keeping that group quite small, in the first few games um, and and he's actually starting, you know, sort of, he's started to play sort of 17, 18 year olds such as Phoenix Schultz or Charlie Waller, you know, or Callum Trippy started in a few friendlies ahead of the likes of Devoy or Dennis or Max Dean. So, yeah, I think, I think that definitely in the forward areas, we need more competition, senior competition because we're, we're you know, Isa and Leco cannot do that all day, every day. For 50 games for the rest of the season no yeah completely right mate I think that again as it has been for a pretty significant time um, that forward slash striker um, position is the number one priority um, for sure um, and it needs to be a marquee signing in my opinion I definitely think it be some kid or some veteran that we need I think it's got to be a proper proper player um, yeah, my opinions outside of that are fairly similar to last time. Um, doing right back in the door, probably probably a kid on loan, if we're being honest. Um, to compete with Norman, um, I think Norman will be starting the majority of games this season. But you know, our youngster that can play fifteen to twenty games in the cups and league, you know, either off the bench or starting, you know, that could be decent experience for them. And you know, Don's history with loans, um, is somewhat good. So you know, you like to think that. Our reputation is still good there. Um, a winger potentially. I mean, Ash Hunter's an interesting one. Is he a winger? Is he a midfielder? 
Is he a 10? I don't really know right now. Um, but a winger potentially, especially if the likes of, as you mentioned, Joe mentioned, if Burns are a bit too raw at the moment, we definitely need some, some competition in there. Especially if we're looking to change systems to a 4-3-3 potentially, if you wanted to, to change it up a bit. Um, and yeah, I, I do want another centre mid. Um, I don't care if it's a loan or, or a permanent. Um, obviously, I know Conor Grant's literally just come back. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a. I know some people mentioned about um, some youth options in the, in the Instagram stories, and I'm not going to go into those apologies, but you know, some a really promising youngster who potentially is looking for their first loan, who you know, someone like Alexander and Lucchetti can actually coach, um, could be a good option moving forward. And yeah, as mentioned, I think we've we've got a good, interesting, well, a good and interesting um, relationship with the loan market. And I think one or two loans wouldn't hurt this squad. I know there's a lot of youth in there already. Um, but I think there's the the spine in there now to to nurture them and uh, yeah, get them through basically. So we will take a short little break and then we will get into our tramway preview. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, welcome back to this week's Opposition Overview. Um, we're going to be, we um, unfortunately don't have anyone on today, but I've got a friend, uh, Sam, who's a Tranmere fan. So I asked him a few questions and um, thankfully he's got back to me. So um, yeah, so we got a little bit of insight on uh, our opponent's Tranmere for Saturday. Um, so I asked about the they got a new manager. So in terms of the new manager, um, this was this is what Sam says. So I'm just going to be quoting from him. Um, last season's was a shambles, really, like the season before, but a bit worse. We could just never get going. The performances were lacking all season, right up until the last game. The signings weren't good enough, and the whole club felt as if it was a shambles most of the time. I'd say the fans were mi- were mixed when we appointed Dawes. Um, just a quick note from me. Dawes was, I believe, Mickey Mellon's assistant. So he goes on to say that um, the fans, uh, a lot of the fans knew that it was the cheap option, having been the assistant for the past few seasons. And it felt like it, nothing really would change and it would just be a continuation of Mickey Mellon, the previous manager. Um, they all thought of him as a coach more than anything. Um, he was the one running the drills on the training ground, etc. Seemed quite pally with the players, so you know it might be a bit difficult for him in terms of controlling the dressing room as such. Um, but as for as for this season, he seems to be quite um, quite astute in his interviews, and he seems to be you know actually coming across quite well. So in us, I mean, for them, I guess that's good signs that he's able to sort of turn that round. He's and um, you know 
he's managed to portray himself that looking quite well. Um, I spelt, you know, thoughts for the upcoming season and Sam came back with, um, for the first time in years, I've got into the season fairly optimistic in regards to our team. We've appointed Nigel Adkins in the summer as technical director and I think he has got a big part to play with the transfers. Um, that We've lost a few valuable players such as Bristow, who went to America, and Cogley, who went on loan to Bolton, who went to Bolton on a free, which was very annoying. As we do need certain, we do need certain areas still covering. However, there's some good attackers that have been brought in, such as Norris and Dennis. I presume that's Luke Norris and Christian Dennis. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I actually missed that. So that's actually considering. Um, Christian Dennis, I think he got over 20 goals in League Two last season. So that's mm. quite, quite not bad, actually. Um, and they brought back club legend Connor Jennings. So all in all, maybe another signing or two, but it's been a successful window. Um, in terms of expectations for the season, Sam says this. Um, I'd like to say that we'll get in the playoffs, but I'm really not sure. Um, with Dawes having no real track record of management and, and with how badly it went last season... I think we're going to have to wait a couple of more months to see where we really are at. Being optimistic, I'd like to think we can sneak in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it, it seems a fairly um, optimistic start. I mean, they did narrowly lose to Barrow, but I think Barrow are a very good team. Um, and I asked about what we can expect in terms of system on on Saturday, and um, Sam came back with this. Um, this season so far, I think we're playing a 4-3-3. I'm normally too pissed to even notice, though. Uh, <laughs> so I think maybe that's a reflection on the uh, the past few years at Tranmere. Um, but normally def- normally three tackers on, at least. Um, our threats normally come from Jennings, Hawks or Morris. Um, I haven't seen enough of, of Norris or Dennis yet, but if they start, I think they'll both be a handful. Our left-back, Leek, also likes to get high up and whip a few balls in from the left. Hendry in the middle on the park normally controls the tempo from us, gets about the pitch well, and is overall our best player. So yeah, I think that's yeah great roundup there from um, from Sam, um, and I think he, he he conveys the mood quite well. I think it's a club that has kind of been very stagnant for a few years, um, causing people to not even notice what formation they're playing. Um, but it seems like you know with the addition of Nigel Adkins and maybe Dawes, who may, might be you know as it as it seems, he might be a bit of a better coach than Mellon, whereas Mellon maybe was more of a player manager. It seems that Dawes is really sort of a football guy. And, um, and with, with some impressive signings, maybe they maybe they could um, pose a bit of a problem to us on Saturday, Liam. Yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, they didn't even start Norris and, and Dennis against um, Barrow, but Barrow was up Barrow's weird game by the looks of it. Obviously, they took an early lead um, through through through. Carnavan and then get get a penalty. Basically, Barrow part of the bus until sixty third minute. You get a penalty and then Keane Spence. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's seen that goal. Half volley outside the box. Um, fantastic finish. It was definitely goal of the weekend. So yeah, really interesting game for Tranmere, and I'm sure a game that they probably didn't expect to be having sixty four percent of the ball, uh, having sixteen shots, and it's actually seventy two percent possession in the second half. So I don't think that'll be the setup they plan to go for against Dons. Um, I'm sure Dons will see a lot more of the football than they potentially want. Um, and as mentioned with their left-back league, maybe pressing high, maybe it's a chance to play some sort of whip balls over to Lecco and let Lecco run havoc on their defence to see what happens. But yeah, I think we said we said on we said on Saturday and we said um, against Wickham on Tuesday that it's all well and good beating like Wrexham and, you know, 
having good performances against Wickham in the cup. But if you can't beat the likes of Tranmere, with all due respect to Tranmere, um, you ain't going far in this league. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I think Tranmere, they're sort of, they were predicted to be mid-table sort of thing. And I think that, you know, as Sam said, they've got the, the, the potential and they've got a few players that could could fire them um, to to the playoff places and they could sneak in there because they do have talent in that team. But I think it's it's one where we just need to assess where they really are. And I think that they could be a team where they're sort of lower mid-table, but they could be a team that's also up there as well. And I think with it being our first home game, and with how crap, quite frankly, no feet around the bush, how crap our away form was, uh, our home form was last season. I think, you know, we really want to just start off strong, um, no matter who the opposition is, really. Um, and I think, you know, it could be a it could be a good opportunity for a team that's, you know, maybe new, still gelling, like ourselves as well. But uh, it's, it's a good opportunity to potentially, you know, uh, continue our good start to the season. Absolutely. And and do you reckon we'll we'll match systems to Tranmere or do you reckon we'll stick to that three five two? No, I think I think we'll stick to the three five two. It's what's worked for us. Um and like you said, they do like to they they do have some players that are quite attacking and they do have some ball players as well. I think so um he mentions about Hendry in the middle. I think he's formerly of Forest Green. And so, you know, you know what Forest Green players like, they do tend to be quite good players on the ball. Um so I think if 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 they do have player ball players um, then there's a good chance that if we're going to be pressing like we were against Wrexham, there's a good chance we could really um, get stuck into them and maybe have some high turnovers we could take advantage of, especially on a big pitch. You know, some of these switches of play, you know, Wickham we know aren't going to be a team, I weren't a team that sort of were playing it around a bit. But as you say, if they had 72% possession, you know, that could be meaning that there's some spaces left in behind like there were at Wrexham. So it could, it could be a game where actually it's, it's quite nicely set up for us in terms of how we want to play and how they want to play. Because I'd imagine that we, we're probably fairly happy for them to pass the ball around. Yeah, yeah. It seems that way from Alexander's side and obviously with the explosiveness of Leco and Ice when they're on form, um, we saw on Saturday, they can get goals. So, yeah, I, say, I, think, I think it sits quite nicely. It should be a nice uh, sort of league opener at Stadium K for both home and away fans and hopefully for, Mark, for our sakes, we set up to a winning start for sure. Before we sign off, obviously the Premier League is back this weekend, which I know it catches a lot of imagination, a lot of a lot of Don's fans and a lot of football fans around the world. Well, um, I don't know if it captures my imagination for the uh, the two near future, Liam, with uh, with how we've been playing. Maybe a, <laughs> a couple more promotions yet. And we can well, you never know, mate. You never know, <laughs> mate. Lee Peter Winkleman will be there. We were there in like five, ten years, so you know. Um, but of course, we've got our fantasy league. So if you do want to get involved in our FPL league, um, the code is Y6CRFS. Joe, have you done your draft yet? I have not. Um, Very no, poor. Very I'm, poor from you. I'm no. I'm. I'll, it, it, I will be there. I will be there. The dead hand gang. Um, so yeah, we will be there. Um, I mean, last season I I didn't do great. Um, in, in, and you know, normally I'm used to beating Ross and and yourself, but and it was a very poor year by my standards. So I'm hoping to come back stronger, as Chumba Wumba would say. Yes, Ross had a very good season last year, again. didn't he? So um, yeah, um, don't mind. It's I think it, it'll probably change at surprise, surprise. Um, before before Friday night's deadline. Um, yeah, I run through quickly. Why not? So 
Pickford and Turner in goal. Obviously, Turner's has gone to Forest, so four mil keeper. I mean, he's going to start probably. So him and Pickford rotate quite nicely. Um, five defenders: uh, Gabriel, Chilwell, and Carwell. So two Chelsea defenders. Um, get a bench Carwell to game week three probably, uh, and then Luke Shaw from United and former Don George Bulldog as the fifth defender. Um, be a bit of bench fodder. Um, gone triple Arsenal, so I got Martinelli and Saka in midfield. Probably going to go Rashford. Um, I did have Sterling, but downgrading um Onana to Turner is probably going to make me go Rashford or Son, um, instead of Sterling. Uh, and uh, Fernandez and Kulisevsky. Obviously, if I go Son, I'll lose Kulisevsky. Probably go back to Sterling. Um, and then the three strikers, I've got João Pedro, who looks to be on penalties for Brighton. So that was Ferguson for quite a while, um, but now it's João Pedro. Got Haaland, of course, who, who doesn't have him at this point. Um, and then I've got Alvarez, who I think is going to get a fair bit of minutes. That could change, um, but I think it's 6.5. Um, he's an absolute steal. And I think there's a bit of debate as to who's playing where for City at the moment. Uh, it could be Foden, but I think it could easily be Alvarez and... At six point five, he is a, or could be at least a, a bit of a steal. So yeah, we'll be back on Sunday evening to give our thoughts on Tranmere and of course preview Crawley, um, which again is our our first league midweek game of the season. Come on, Dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.